Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. Hello, good evening, welcome to Eyewitness News Live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. My name is Salom Adunu. Tonight I'm here with Ellen Dapa. Coming up over the next one and a half hours. Something I've not even seen with my eyes. I've even paid money for it, for replacement. And I've not even linked any Ganaka to any MTNT go voter for nothing. Hundreds gather at NIA registration centers to secure their Ghana cards. Two days to the SIM card re-registration deadline. Meanwhile, calls increase for the National Communications Authority to extend the deadline further. Also, on eyewitness news reactions continue to pour in barely 24 hours after the president sacked Adjo Safu as minister for gender, children, and social protection. Will be in the Dome Kwabenya constituency, which is the base of the underfire MP. Later on, eyewitness news. Review is constantly on the table, you know, and it's just to make sure that the, the appropriate education is given, that the wastages are eliminated, and that, you know, it goes to give us value for money. Is the free SHS policy really under review? How do we situate the finance minister's latest comment on the subject of free SHS review in the face of conflicting positions? On the policy. Stay with 97.3 City FM for more on this and other stories on Eyewitness News and in business. Going to the IMF will boost banking industry's confidence to give out more loans. This is according to the new managing director of Republic Bank Ghana, Benjamin Jubuku. Natalie Neti joins us in the next 50 minutes for more in the world of business. Eyewitness News is live across the country on all our affiliates and around the globe at citynewsroom.com. Your comments are welcome via WhatsApp line 0549-986-996. The hashtag, as always, is City Newsroom. Ellen gives us our first story. There was mad rush at the various National Identification Authority, NIA, registration points for the National ID cards as the July 31st deadline for the linkage of the Ghana cards and SIM cards nears. Some persons who thronged the centers called for an extension of the exercise, while others blamed the NIA for errors they are attempting to rectify. City News' Enosafo engaged some applicants at areas including Trade Fair in Accra. 2018, but I've not received it yet. Have you followed up? More than 30 times. Recently, I even paid 30 cities at Airwork. They said replacement. Something I've not even seen with my eyes. I've even paid money for it, for replacement. (laughs) So I've not seen anything. And I've not even linked any Ganaka to any MTNT go voter for nothing. Are you concerned that on Sunday your SIM card will be cancelled because you haven't been able to do I'm that? I'm waiting for them to cancel it because they will see me there. They'll see you where? At their office. Which office? MTN, Vodafone, Tigo, whatever. What will you they be will doing see the real me. Uh, what, what will you, yes, when you get to the office? Uh, what, do you, what do you think I'll do? You think, that's what I'm asking. I mean, I'm pissed. I'm really pissed. I bought my SIM card with my voter's ID card. That's what I used to register. So if you are telling us you want to change, 
for the registration. We should do re-registration. Then you have to go to uh, MTNet office. Let them give you the data because they are having our data. Or go to NIA. They are having our data. You can even link up with them. You shouldn't be worrying us going up and down, registering for... Go and see the queue over there. There are like 1,000. Go to MTNet office. I went there yesterday. There were like 2,000 over there. They were even fighting. So what's happening? I win the end this. Eh? So you, you look uncon. Are you unconcerned about the fact that your SIM card may be turned? Mm. You don't want an uh, extension of the deadline. I even want the extension. There shouldn't be any extension cry at all. They should just leave us. We should use our voter side cards. That's what we use in purchasing our SIM cards. There was no uh, Ghana card thing. So why now? went through the process they said validation from validation they said replacement i paid 30 ghana for a new card they uh, i mean they gave me an appointment the next two weeks i returned and it wasn't ready the next when i came they said another two weeks that was last week friday i came and it wasn't ready and they promised me today when i came the same thing that is not ready i have to go and come next week by next week they are sure it will be ready and I can see people in queues who are here to get card. I, I have finished with the process that they are going through. My card is not ready. So what, what assurance are they giving to us that those who are in queues will get? Those who went through the queue and finished with it, they haven't gotten their own. And MTN is saying they are taking us off uh, 31st. What, what are they seeking to achieve? Why are they pushing us? Some of us, we went through these uh, processes and we are expecting to get the card and register our SIM. And it's not happening. You have to spend money. We are from far places. I'm from, I'm from, and this is my third time that I've been here. Is there no center in Amamfrom? There is no center. There is no center at all. You have to come to, uh, what do you call it, Shiashi. And when I went to Shiashi, they directed me to Elwak. I did that. And yet my card is not given. So if um, on the 31st of July, as the SIM card re-registration ends and you ha don't have access to your mobile network, what, what, what happens? Uh, do you use your phone for business and other things? What will happen? I do a lot of things with my phone. Seriously, that's why I keep chasing my Ghana card so that I can register my SIM. But this is the case. These same people who are saying we should register the SIM, we are chasing them for the card and they are not giving us. What games at all are they playing with us? I don't understand. What would you want government or authorities to do about this? In the first place, I would want the government to tell the telcos to hold on with this their deadline, their so-called deadline, so that they can give us our cars. We are ready to register our SIMs. We are not bad people who doesn't want to register. I want to register my SIM and I can continue to do whatever I want to do with my SIM. So please, we are pleading on government that they should tell the telcos, because I know that it's government that can hold on. Uh, tell them to hold on to this and then we'll get our cars, our SIMs registered so that we can move on. That's what we want. I am here because of my Ghana card. I've lost it. Okay, so you came for a replacement? Yes. And then when you got here, what are they telling you? Since yesterday, I didn't eat. Now I'm hungry. But if you wake up now, somebody will go and sit at your place. So I'm trying to do it. Now they are finished. They say I should come one month time before 
I can come and collect my Ghana card. And MTN to say 31st, they have end, they will block me. I'm a trader. How can I contact with my customers? So now, what is going to happen now? One month time before I come and collect my ID card, I cannot register. If this thing cut off, how can I do it? They should extend the days, at least if two months before they cut this thing off. I think all of us will get our card in month time so that we go and register. This is my problem. Right. Yeah. Why, um, what happened to your car that you are replacing it now? I'm just coming out from the car and I gave the mates money. Said new coins. So when I removed it later, then I saw that the car, my purse fell, and I collected the thing, not knowing the ID. I didn't find the ID card, Ghana card. And um, have you been coming here often, or you just came here yesterday? Oh, I came last two weeks, and the queue I saw here. Mm. If I'm suffering for my legs. So I cannot. Then I went back. I sent somebody to come and join a queue for me. The same. I went. So yesterday I forced to come here. But lucky enough, they said a pregnant woman and nursing babies, mothers, and from sister going, we have our queue. Even yesterday I could not finish. And I come today to come in. Finished. And my main problem is. They should talk to MTN. They should extend the days for us. Before this, you cannot register. This paper, you can't. Without Ghana card, you cannot register your phone. And how can? And sometimes they be giving you some small, small loan through phone. Then all this thing is going to cut off. How can I make my business? Eh? You had some persons who thronged NIA centers for their Ghana cards. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. Let's hit the phone lines now and do some interviews. Uh, Sylvester Tete is MP for Botiano, Inglisha, Manfrum, and also Vice Chair for the Communications Committee of Parliament. And on the other line, I have Sabonete George, MP for Ningo Pram Pram, who is a ranking member on the Communication Committee of Parliament. It is their committee that has an oversight responsibility on the Communication Ministry and all its agencies, including the National Communication Authority, which is actually overseeing the same card re-registration exercise that is creating, you know, the issues we just um, listened to in that voice clip we played. Um, Honorable Sylvester Tete, good evening and welcome to Eyewitness News. When you set out to do the SIM card re-registration as a government, was this what you anticipated? Appears so much chaos and, 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 and too much stress just getting the NIA card to enable one do the SIM card re-registration. This is what you anticipated. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, good, good evening to our listeners and uh, good evening to my brother Sam George. Quite clearly, this is not what we set out to do. Uh, we never anticipated that. Uh, but of course, if you look at the operations of NIA, this are this using it as a soft document for registration. Obviously, one will anticipate that we will come to this level of chaos and uh, anxiety among the Ghanaian people. So, the the earlier deadline came, and then the minister extended it. So, this afternoon, I was in Osu. I saw long queues other places in the city. Obviously, we know that this will continue for a while until the NI problem is solved. If people don't get a source document, it will be very difficult for them to get their SIM card 
register. So obviously, we will monitor the situation. For us as a committee, we only have an oversight. The policy comes from the ministry. We can only make an appeal to the ministry for extension of the deadline, which I'm quite hopeful that the ministry will take it into consideration and extend it as they did the last time. Obviously, uh, no Ghanaian will be denied opportunity to use uh, telephony for his or her business. So people should rest assured. We will make a good case for them as a committee. We met today, but that was in the subject matter. We'll be meeting again next week, and I'm pretty much sure it will be quite topical in our discussion. And I'll reach out to the minister. The ministry is also meeting to look at the situation, and we can come out with a, a relief quite soon. So people should just be rest assured that this will be dealt with. But of course, Whilst we talk about this, I believe that there were people who did not take this whole thing serious. Over a year or two, people have been reluctant to even going to take their Ghana card, not to think of even going to re-register their phone. And of course, the, the biggest minority party in this country, obviously started by urging people not to even go for the SIM card re-registration. Yes, I mean, just, just before the politics comes in, I mean, the re-registration, I mean, you said you went around Osu today and you saw it for yourself, the queues there, which means that this will continue for a while. But today is Friday. Deadline is Sunday. Are we waiting till Sunday to make the announcement of an extension when people would have gone through so much stress, chaos, people have failed to go to work and so are losing money because they have to be chasing the NIA card. And even that's on one side. After you get the NIA card, it's not as if you just walk to uh, the telcos and, and get your thing done without stress. You, you go form queues, huge crowds there as well. So so it's like a, a double-edged sword. You, you suffer on both ends. Are we waiting till Sunday to extend it or we can extend it today so people take their time and, and do this? As you say, nobody will be denied of using their SIM cards. Well, let me tell you, this same place I saw long queues today. The last time before the deadline, there were same queues at the same venue. Immediately the extension was announced. The queue disappeared. For two weeks I was driving past the same venue and you could not see any queue there. So I thought that the, even at the time the extension was not so necessary. Today, just as we are itching to the end of the deadline, you can see the queues are mounting again. Let them extend the, the, the deadline today. You go there tomorrow or next week. You won't find anybody there. So it's a matter that we must all prepare to help the system. We are not doing this re-registration to benefit anybody apart from the good people of this country. So people must be also prepared to support. Until the deadline was announced, people were not going to the centers to re-register their thing. There are people who are in the queue today at NTN centers. They had their Ghana cards about six months or a year. They haven't been boarded, or they couldn't have been boarded. So whilst we plead with authorities to extend the deadline, people should also be prepared. Now, look, you won't get it on a server platter. You can't be in your house and get it registered for you. Until the deadline is announced, people can't be bothered. And that's the attitude of many Ghanaians. But, but, so but we, also have, we also have information that we also, we also know, because we've been around, that there are some centers which have constantly had numbers at the place. So it will not be entirely accurate to say that because you went to one place and you didn't see a lot of people well, there, when the deadline was the, extended, same should apply to everybody. I listed the Usu Center as one center. If you go there now, there were long queues there. But I'm telling you the earlier deadline, before the earlier deadline was extended, the same queues were there. Immediately was extended, the queue disappeared. Yeah, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm also saying, yeah, and I'm also saying to that, you that we have also been around and, and throughout the period, it's been the same. Just that the numbers have understandably increased because the registration deadline is approaching, fast approaching, really. 
Well, I agree with you all, but I initially indicated that we'll make a case for Ghanaians who genuinely have a concern. We'll continue to make a case for them. For us as a committee, what I saw today as a two and other places, we won't sit down on concern. We'll continue to appeal to the policymakers, especially the ministry, to extend the time. But once the time is extended, people must uh, be cautious enough to also continue uh, availing themselves for the registration to be carried out. But if you extend the date, the people go to sleep. And until the deadline comes, and people come. That's the point I'm trying to make. Let's all be responsible for, for, for this. It's in the interest of all of us. So whilst we make an appeal to uh, the policymakers to extend the deadline, once it's extended, they should also be prepared to avail themselves for this exercise to be carried out. That's the point I'm trying to make. I've listened to um, the Executive Secretary of the NIA, uh, Professor Kenatefa. Indeed, he spoke on, 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 on CTFM, and he said that the NIA... It's not has not been designed or was not designed for a thing like this. Their mandate is to uh, do an all-year-round registration. So when when you announce deadlines like this, it's almost as if you are you are causing a run on the system because they were not built to do this, and it has repercussions for their finances, etc. Because they need to put up new registration centers, put people there who have to be paid, new machines, etc. So it appears. Nobody is listening to him, and he says he's engaged stakeholders, and I'm sure stakeholders in this case will include the NCA, the ministry, etc. Nobody is listening to listening to him and his concerns. That is how it appears. The committee, have you been able to, or do, do you get that impression as well that the NIA is not being built for this, but they are being forced to respond because deadlines have been announced? Well, I'm not in a position to to confirm whether or not they've been to do this. Unfortunately, the NI is not under the Ministry of Communications, therefore it doesn't come under the preview of the Communications Committee of Parliament. For that matter, I won't be able to officially comment on that. But of course, like he's saying, you one will understand that for NIA cards, there are no deadlines. But for the same re-registration, there are deadlines. So of course, if you need that as a source document and there are no deadlines to that, you have, some pressure will be exerted on all offices of the NIA, and that is quite understandable. That is why we continue to make a case for further extension of the deadline for SIM card re-registration. I mean, it makes a good case to say that, look, NIA has their timeline, and if SIM card re-registration is time-bound, obviously, if one doesn't have a SIM card, then that person will be denied opportunity to re-register. That's the case that we continue to make for them. So until majority of Ghanaians, or almost everybody has a Ghana card, you can't put a time a deadline on a SIM card new registration, because if the person goes out to say that, look, I'm prepared to, to re-register my SIM, the only source document I don't have, what happens? You can't fault such a person. So we'll continue to make a case for them. That we seriously uh, take into consideration. And I believe that no member of the committee or any reasonable Ghanaian will, uh, will go against them. We'll continue to advocate for them in that direction. So that's why we agree with them. Uh, we'll continue to make an appeal putting in place some of these arguments to the ministry. But I'm saying that the people have had their think, uh, Ghana cards with them for years, and they haven't been bothered to follow due process and get the same card. There, so there, are, there are some who, who have registered. Indeed, there's a texter telling me right now that I registered since 2020 and I have been following up since. I'm told there is an RDA on my card and has not been issued. I go to the office almost every week. I get no real response. So th- th- some of these 
real concerns are there. So it, it will not be enough to just say that people had their cars. But of course, your your, your point is one. Well let me let me speak to your colleague, uh, Honourable Sam Nate George, uh, um, to pick his views on this. Honourable Sam Nate George, good evening. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Have you re have you had your SIM card re-registered yet? Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening to my brother Sly. Um, I don't even have a Ghana card, so I'm not in a position to register my SIM card. Why, why don't you have a Ghana card? I'm not prepared to face what the Honorable Adwasafu and Honorable Kennedy Chopin and the Honorable Henry Cotty went through, where I'll be accused of having abandoned Parliament and missed 15, 15 days. Because if I choose to register today, the queues that exist, and I'm not going to want to be given preferential treatment, uh, it, it is impossible for me to leave my work as a member of parliament and go and join those unholy queues that ordinary Ghanaians have been subjected to because of a poor policy decision. And so maybe now that we've come on recess, I would, I would cut out some one month and go and queue every day and hope that eventually I'll be able to... But, but, but Sam, that, that, that's a stretch. That, that, that's really, really a, a stretch. But the, I, I heard the minister... What, what, what no, I mean, the, the fact that you say you don't want to... Uh, um, to be accused of missing parliament for 15 days because I you would have been queuing the for, for, pop, for... The Vox Pop, the Vox Pop you played before you started this interview. Don't mm. take my word for it. The Vox Pop you played, did you didn't just hear Ghanaians tell you... Let, let, let's, let's make progress. Let, 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 I, 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 yes, let, let's make progress. I, I heard the minister... I, I heard the minister say a couple of weeks ago that even in your case as MPs, they organize some of these exercises for you. You did not take advantage of it. People came to the, the, the House of Parliament to register MPs, MPs and staff MPs, of, of Parliament. MPs, MPs are not always within the precincts of Parliament. We have trips, official trips that we have, that, that we undertake. So if they were in Parliament for about five, seven days or, or eight days, and at that period, one was on an official assignment, how then do you take advantage of it? Because your biometrics need to be captured. And are you not concerned so, that come Sunday, which is the deadline, your SIM cards will be deactivated and you will not be able to uh, um, communicate via these channels with, with people you want to? I hold the strongest view that President Akufuado is going is minded, and the National Security Minister, uh, Honorable uh, Kandapa, uh, they are minded of the fact that they don't want history to remember them as the President and National Security Minister. That led to the collapse of the Republic. Because if SIM cards are shut down or are, are, are disabled on Sunday, trust me, our republic stands at risk. The survival of our republic will be at risk. How? Seven, seven almost eight million active SIM subscribers, not SIM cards, subscribers, and over 11 million SIMs have not been registered as we speak. Of this, Close to a million of those 7.6 million or 7.8 million are young people between the, or, or, or subscribers who the telcos have their data already, subscribers between the ages of 18 and 30. Young people who government mostly has not been able to create a job for, but who survive using their phones, either for services that they render, some may be dispatch riders, some may be selling items on the internet, and some may be running businesses based on the internet. They are entrepreneurs trying to eke out a living. You want to disable their SIM cards, prevent them from being able 
to have a meal, and you think that the state will exist as it continues to exist? Look, I have stated categorically, and as a committee, we and the majority are in sync and in agreement that we need a credible database of SIM registrants. So the policy is not in question. We are not against the SIM registration. I support a SIM registration. What I do not support is the illegal way in which the minister is demanding that it goes on. And that's why you're having this problem. Salam, as we speak, and thankfully you are a lawyer, we have one law, one legislative instrument in Ghana for SIM card registration, LI 2006. And you know, it is taught us in law school. My brother's line is also in law school now. But look, omnibus, uh, uh, specific legislative instruments are not omnibus legislation. They are specific to the subject matter of that legislation. So when you have LI 2006, which is titled Subscriber Identity Model Registrations Regulation, that is SIM Registration Regulation, of 2010, passed by Honorable Haruna Idrisu under Professor Mills. And in Section 2 of LI 2006, it says that a subscriber must present to an operator his name, his date of birth, and an identification document for the purposes of registering his SIM card. And in Section 10 of LI 2006, it interprets identification documents to be a valid, for citizens of this country, to be a valid driver's license, a valid passport, a valid national health insurance card, a valid voter's ID card, and a valid national ID card, which we call the Ghana card. Five. I agree, again, that on the, on the effect of the Abu Ramadan versus Electoral Court a commission court case, which was ruled upon by the Supreme Court. You can no longer use the National Health Insurance ID card as a determination of nationality. But the other four remain valid identification documents. The driver's license, the passport, the, the, the Ghana card, and your voter's ID card. The minister's insistence on using LI-2111, which again is a specific legislative instrument for the creation of a national identity register. That she's using the allies for a national identity register to, to do a SIM register. Beats my imagination. And even when you read section 7 of that LI that she is basing on, which doesn't have anything to do with SIM card registration, section 7 says the national ID card shall be used. It does not say shall be the only card used. If the law, an intentment of the law, was that it would be the sole card in the law, you would have seen it in the letter and the spirit of the law that this shall be the sole card. And don't forget, even LI-2111, which was again passed in 2010 or 2011, was passed by Honorable Haruna He was the minister who brought that LI to parliament. He is alive. He understands what he brought to parliament and asked parliament to pass. How a minister who didn't bring the law claims to understand the legislative instrument better than the one who took the law, the, the legislative instrument to parliament and passed the law. It's my imagination. An extension in itself will not fix this problem. This is the problem Nigeria has faced. 
The minister should learn from the mistakes of our neighbors in Nigeria. The Nigerian minister went ahead and said, six months, one year, I won't extend. It's been three years. Nigeria is still doing a registration of SIM cards as we speak. And you know, Salam, what pains me is because I said to you, we are fundamentally in support of a clean SIM card registry. The minister's actions are defeating that purpose. Because as we speak today, Salam, over the past two weeks, persons have engaged in SIM card registration forgery. The SIM card, the Ghana card allows you to register, each Ghana card can be used to register 10 SIM cards. So what people are now doing is they are offering services on their SIM cards to people who are frustrated and afraid of the deadline. So you come, I will register with my Ghana card for you, and you pay me 50 Ghana or 100 Ghana. So you are beginning but, to but, but that, that comes with reper- that comes with repercussions. That is illegal. So when they are found out, they will be dealt with by law. Absolutely, but it is it is an exigency of the problems that are being created by the minister's poor policy direction. Because what you are then having, what you are then having is you are having SIM cards registered, but the the on the registry, the individuals holding the SIM cards are not the ones whose data is being held. And tell them. Let's just call a spade a spade. SNIT recently did a migration and, 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 and harmonization of its database with National Identification Authority. True or false? Just go ahead. Are you aware of that? Just go ahead. SNIT didn't ask all pensioners to come and queue and bring a Ghana card. So ask yourself, why the NCA is doing something that's supposed to be harmonized with the National Identification Authority? And Ghanaians have to go through this process. You should simply have done a synchronization. This, all of this we are facing is as a result of egos in government, unfortunately. And that's why I, we called on the president yesterday to intervene. Look, the NIA has its database, which is a central national database we all accept. If the NCA intends to register SIM cards, all they needed to do was to ask the telcos to synchronize them, their database which the telcos hold with the NIA through the NCA, which is the regulator. The NIA told the ministry through the NCA that they have an application for doing that synchronization and harmonization. There was a charge put on it. The ministry is insisting or insisted that they will not use the NIA app because they have gone to do a private procurement of their own app. And so they will use their own app to do the capture of the data and not the NIA app and then subsequently do a reconciliation. So even when you go to a telco today and you go and do the capture of your biometrics, it is not in real time matching your biometrics to the NIA database. And that is why you are having this mess and this problem that you are having. Because ask yourself, why were pensioners not put through this problem? It is the procurement of an app. That has led us down this path. And that is why recently, about four months ago, Professor Atifa, when he was asked about the, 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 the safety of the data being captured, he said the NIA cannot vouch for it because this is not the NIA's problem. And so you are seeing a conflict between two state agencies simply because of procurement, leading to this chaos and discomfort that Ghanaian citizens are having to face. And then you tell me you want to punish the innocent Ghanaian. Because people are doing procurement politics.
All right, Sam. So, so now it's clear that the ministry and, and its agencies want to use the Ghana card, irrespective of uh, what we've, we've, we've heard from you and what we've seen in the law. What is the way to make it more convenient and easy for everybody so we all migrate onto this uh, 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 database? How do we go about it? Extending the deadline to, if so, to when? And how exactly should, should it be? Shalom. In March, when the minister extended the deadline, I made the point that the extension in itself will not solve the problem. And I'm sorry to say, even if the minister extends this deadline till December, another five months, they will not fix the problem. Why? Like Kenatifa said on City, the NIA is not built to handle the kind of pressures that the same registration is putting on it. Don't forget, the NIA is a national security installation. And so even having 3,000, 5,000 people on their premises compromises the integrity of the National Identification Authority. You don't have 3,000 people at National Security Annex, Blue Gate. But we are seeing that at NIA. So unless you go by the dictates of the laws of the country and allow persons who have a passport, and don't forget when you are going to get your Ghana card, it's the passport you go and use. It's the passport that is used to verify and authenticate your citizenship before you are given a Ghana card. So why don't you allow people use that passport? Today, if you said people should use their voter's ID card, where 17 million Ghanaians above the age of 18 already have a voter's ID card, if you make that available to them, you will have no problem. Look, I will support the government. If the government did a three-month extension, not even a six-month extension, a three-month extension, and opened up the cards to the four cards that the law allows, driver's license, voter's ID card, Ghana card, and, and, and passport. If the government accepts and agrees to do, the ministry agrees to do what the law says, I would act, support a three-month extension. In three months, anybody who has not done their registration on the basis of this document can then have their seat because, it, for me, there is no Ghanaian today who will say they have none of the four cards. So if you have three months and you are asked to use the forecast and you don't do it, that one, we will support government to say you, are, you have a reason for not doing it. But if you extend for six months, trust me, we'll come back here in December. We will still see the problems that we are seeing. We will not have solved the problem. So except you want to keep doing the same things to solve the same problems, the same way we've done and not had a result, we should expect the same results. Very well, Sam George, thanks so much for speaking to us. Sam George is ranking member on the Communications Committee of Parliament and MP for Ningo Pram Pram. All right, so, um, uh, Mr. Sylvester, Honorable Sylvester Tete, does the solution really lie in opening it up, opening the process up, and using or allowing um, other national ID forms uh, to be used for this exercise? Or you simply think an extension will solve it? Well, uh, I shared... Uh Latest view, or the last view of some judge that if you extend it to December, it will still not solve the problem. So long as people have not acquired the Ghana card, being the only source document for registration. So I think that we should look at it carefully. I mean, the credibility of uh, some other source document to, if, as it were. Otherwise, we may have to, to because any time one acquires the same card without this source document, then the queues will be mounting at the center. So. Obviously, uh, these are conversations that we should continue having. But the point I'm making, and just as the NIA has said, that the NIA has not been failed to 
contain such a pressure in terms of situations like this. We should be looking at uh, considering other source documents, especially the national passport, which I think has been verified enough to be able to support the exercise we are undertaking currently. As a committee, we are, good, we are going to engage the minister once again and look at all the concerns that have been brought on board. And of course, I believe that we will make our point clear for the good people of this country. All right, thanks so much, um, the Honorable Sylvester Tete, MP for Botiano, English Amman, from and Vice Chair of the Communications Committee of Parliament. Uh, thanks for speaking to us on this matter. Eyewitness News on 97.3 uh, City FM. A few of your messages uh, that have come through from you. Uh, so, A.U. Farouk in Tamale says, um, Seriously, this SIM card registration is totally annoying and disgusting. Zalex Dwayne in, in London says, Adjoa was fired by the second chamber of the presidency. However, is long overdue and was surprised she he couldn't get a replacement for her. He said it's egregious. Uh, Ministry of Communication and the NCA will do the citizenry more harm if they go ahead to deny people from their SIM after their supposed deadline. From Alex Kofi Yairini in Adenta Commandos Research. Jones Adobo in Lasses, a country where we, we, we struggle to get system and infrastructure in place to facilitate things of this nature, example, Ghana card. Deadline for Ghana card should seriously be reconsidered, more so considering the day-to-day activities of Ghana card in our daily lives. Uh, Rafael Bayo in Jirapa says, is the NCA as well as the Ministry of Communication aware of the fact that a significant number of Ghanaians have toiled a lot just to acquire the Ghana card but to no avail? Are they aware that many people have to travel several miles before having access to the Ghana card, on what account are they going to be disconnected after this so-called deadline of 31st um, July? This last one says, why is the president and his appointees at GES failing to admit the failure of the education sector? Well, we'll come to that later. I witnessed this on 97.3 City FM. Uh, we will take a break, and then we will look at the matter of the free SHS, whether there is indeed a review underway or not. Don't go away. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag Eyewitness News. You're welcome back to Eyewitness News. You're still listening on City 97.3 FM. Let's do some other stories. And the Director of Faculty of Academic Affairs and Research at the Kofi Annan International Peacekeeping Training Center, Professor Imano Kwesienin, says the country risks becoming a safe haven for terrorist operations. According to him, the porous nature of Ghana's borders has made it easy for the smuggling of weapons by groups for violent attacks as witnessed in the sub-region, Professor Ainin charged relevant agencies to, to tighten security at the borders. For materials such as ammonium nitrate, basically from fertilizers, in huge quantities that are used, as I said earlier on, for improvised explosive devices. These materials are sourced from all over this country. They are smuggled, particularly when I talk about border towns, Hamile, Kulungubu, Namori, to Burkina Faso, and other West African countries. Across all our national borders, we've become a veritable place 
for the transiting of weapons, for the sale of weapons, and for the smuggling of weapons. Human trafficking, a multi-billion city industry, the smuggling of fertilizers, almost $12.1 million a year smuggled to Burkina Faso, the test and smuggling of cattle, motorbikes, vehicles. Precisely because of the porosity of these borders, we have become a net supporter and provider of the infrastructures for violence. Fertilizer is the most critical ingredient in making improvised explosive devices. So when we facilitate as individuals and communities the smuggling of fertilizer meant for planting for food or jobs for food or whatever they call it, we are inadvertently contributing to creating the opportunities for people to hurt us. Professor Imano Kwesi Enin is the Director of Faculty of Academic Affairs and Research at the Kofi Annan International Peacekeeping Training Center. The police administration is stepping up caution among its officers and recruits at a time when the actions of some police officers are putting a blemish on the image of the service. Recent incidents of some police officers engaging in acts contrary to service procedure and surveys tacking the police service as the most perceived corruption, corrupt institution have dominated media headlines. These developments continue to be a worry for police chiefs who are making efforts to better the name of the institution. Director General in charge of legal and prosecution at the Ghana Police Service, COP Nathan Kofibuachi, speaking at the passing out of 612 recruits in the Ashanti region, emphasized the need for discipline among police officers. The police administration is guided by the Muslim, this Muslim, and therefore are taking pragmatic steps to weed out mischiefs and criminals masquerading in police uniforms from the service to restore our reputation and good image. And you can see, you hear a lot of parties about some of your colleagues who have been involved in armed robbery and other things on becoming of police officers. We must sound a word of caution to you. Police is not graveside. It's not where you come to for personal aggrandizement. Ours is a patriotic organization. Ours is to work to ensure that all and sundry live in peace. You are therefore reminded of the overwhelming responsibility that comes with this career. I do not doubt that you all become efficient law enforcement officers. COP Nathan Kofibuache is the Director General in charge of legal and prosecution at the Ghana Police Service. Away from that, Finance Minister Kenoforiata says a review of the free senior high school policy remains a constant possibility. He made this revelation on Joy News' PM Express, where he explained that the Education Minister is looking at the policy with the aim of understanding how parents can be included in a manner that is not coercive. In its sixth year of implementation, major stakeholders in the education sector and some politicians have called for the review of the free SHS program in order to relieve the government 
of the financial burden it poses in its current state. Despite government's reluctance in reviewing the policy, it has come to light that it has been considered according to the finance minister. He, however, failed to state any timelines. If we have maybe scholarship schemes, then that means that you have to prove that you need scholarship. You know, so we can get very sophisticated about that to ensure that you draw in parents in a way that is not coercive, uh, but never compromise on that citizen who is less than 18 being able to get that education that is important. Uh, because all of us really, given our backgrounds, where we came from, if not for education, we won't be sitting here. Uh, and that really is a human capital that we need uh, for this great Ghana that we all aspire to. So efficiencies will be looked at. I mean, in the end, if you look at the education budget, I mean, senior high school is not like, you know, the tipping um, of, of where we want to go. Um, but certainly in any system you have, you look at efficiencies, you find ways of making it more effective. Uh, and that, I think, we have a great education minister um, who is constantly tweaking these things. So it will get better. So the review is on the table, right? Review is constantly on the table, you know, and it's just to make sure that the, the appropriate education is given, that the wastage is uh, eliminated, um, and that, you know, it goes to give us value for money. I'll certainly uh, bring the numbers um, um, on the table uh, for active and spirited discussions, um, and then we go on. I mean, I, uh, as a government, the issue of value for money, you know, is important to us, and so we'll continue um, to look at our flagships, you know, make sure that they are efficient and that wastages are eliminated. You had the finance minister Ken Oforiata speaking there. And Kofi Asari is executive director of the Africa Education Watch. He joins me live on the line for comments and, and some discussion on this particular matter. Uh, hello, good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. The finance minister, uh, it, is, it appears to be coming from a, a different perspective from what we've heard him say um, even this week in the media budget review statement and what, you know, his, the, the, the education ministry, which is an implementing ministry, of the free SHS program, as we've been saying the, the week before. Um, so, really, what does it mean to say that review is constantly on the table? What's your impression or your understanding of that phrase? Um, good evening um, to your audience. Ordinarily, a policy undergoing review shouldn't have been any big deal because a policy is meant to undergo various formative and summative reviews to strengthen its efficiency and effectiveness. It is normal. When we introduced the free compulsory universal basic education in 2005, it has gone through various forms of review. At the point, it was just capitation grant providing or replacing school fees. Then government introduced free exercise books. Then government introduced free uniforms. Then at the point, we had um, school feeding to augment. You know, so, and at the point, Government even introduced sundowns for some for, for some students in some areas. So policies always travel through reviews to strengthen their effectiveness. So ordinarily, reviews shouldn't be anything. But unfortunately, we have made the freezing high school fetish. And by so doing, review has meant what it ordinarily shouldn't mean. If you look at the freezing high school policy, government is supposed to buy uniforms, PE kits, 
which by extension are uniforms, and then school cloth, exercise books, and notebooks, just five items. Now, these are items parents were buying when their kids were in junior high school. So if government decides that in view of the financial burden on government because of the obvious liquidity constraints you find ourselves in, so parents should buy this item that parents were buying for their children here too. It will be called a review because in the policy document, it mentioned that government, are provide, government is providing these items for students. So it means you have reviewed the policy and taken out this four, this four items. Now, these four items alone, if I'm taking out, will save government close to 180 million dollars every year. So when the finance minister talks about review, it is not about cancelling or reconstructing or renovating the policy. It is about looking at a policy to see where you can optimize expenditure, where you, where you can rationalize expenditure, and where as much as practicable without affecting anyone's ability to pay or, I mean, without affecting anyone's access. As much as practicable, try and share some cost items with parents. The underlying factor which we will not budge as CSOs is that no matter the kind of review that takes place, no Ghanaian should be denied of an opportunity to attend secondary school on the basis that they are unable to pay the fees. That is why I'm mentioning items that are ordinarily provided by parents for the students, even when they were in junior high school. You understand? So if you don't have free uniforms in junior high school, and the student manages to get to senior high school, why do you have to get a free uniform? Because their parents were able to get a free uniform in junior high school. So I think that the finance minister is coming from a point that we didn't we have, you know, we didn't require a debate to approach. That should be the, the, the normal thing to do when you are faced with um, the challenges that confront the free senior high school. But, but yes, that's, that's a normal thing we should be doing. But it, it appears that it's quite difficult, you know, doing so. So, for example, saying that henceforth parents should provide school uniforms for their kids when they're going to school. That, that, that sounds pretty simple. But why do you think it appears so difficult for government to make such a, a declaration or decision? It appears so difficult because of the way we have politicized the program. It, ap- it appears so difficult because we've, we've made the program effective, a god that, that shouldn't be touched. That is why it has become difficult. We have been too obsessed with the program. Now they are approaching management. No, so if you say, say, if you say we, what, 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 who are you talking about? Government. government. So now they are approaching managing the program. It's no more a social policy. It's not a political policy. Let me give you an example. Uganda in 2007 started the African High School. They were the first country in South Africa to start African High School in 2007. Uganda... Just like Ghana, majority in Uganda, just like Ghana, majority of the senior high schools are boarding. Okay, when they started, they declared everything free except the cost of feeding. Within the first four years, Uganda increased enrollment by two hundred percent. By two hundred percent in Uganda in the first four years. In our first four years, we've increased enrollment by um, about from from eight hundred thousand to one point two, about for about fifty percent. Okay, but the point I want to make is that they had more children out of school, so it's higher. But the point I want to make is that in Uganda's case, there is evidence that the poorest of the poor, especially girls, increased access from about five percent to ten percent within the first four years. So it is, it is. It, there is evidence that you don't always have to pay for everything. 
to guarantee access to secondary education. But you have to pay for what is in, what is necessary. In Uganda's case, if you attend day school, it is free. But if you want to go to boarding school, you pay for your food. You ask yourself, when the children eating when they were home, they were eating. So we have made it look. We have made it appear as if without government feeding everyone, everyone will suddenly not be able to afford second education. It doesn't work that way. So I think that the finance minister is simply saying that yes, at the inception of the policy in 2017, government agreed that we're going to fund ABCD. Averaging about 1,500 cities a year. Now, let's see if there are areas we can review and possibly get the support of parents' support without denying anyone who is genuinely poor an opportunity to access secondary education. There is nothing wrong with that, as I'm saying. So, I my only concern is that there is too much inconsistency from government in communicating on a very, very important government flagship. The education minister, last last week, earlier this week, the finance minister was in parliament and said that we spent, we spent $5.3 billion on free senior high school between 2017 and end of 2021. Education minister has said that we have spent $7.6 almost $7.7 billion. There's so much, so much inconsistency. Last last week, the data general DS gave an indication that the DS was ready to support the ministry if they wanted to review the policy and that they have already started doing their, their, their permutations. Then, within hours, he issued a statement at midnight saying that, well, that wasn't what he meant. As well as well. So, then the next day, the education ministry comes up and says, free school is not under any review. The inconsistency in community classes is not helping the Ministry of Education 1, the GES 2, and most importantly, the ESTECA, the Ministry of Finance. It doesn't help. We must harmonize government positions on such important policies like the free senior high school program. How, how can we get parents to support the free SHS program? Of course, some parents have said they can pay the fees. How do we get those parents to support the Ministry of Education or the GES by giving or donating monies periodically? Indeed, at the start of the program, the finance minister did say that there was going to be a fund for that purpose. I've not seen that fund. I've not heard much about it. But how do we operationalize that? So that parents who voluntarily want to help will help. I say so because it appears the policymaker is not ready uh, to to change its position in respect of of the matter of the review. It thinks what it's doing is fine, and they'll continue doing so. They are unwavering in that stance. But we know that the program could could could, could do better with more money. How do we get parents who are willing to support to support it whilst government still maintains? Do government so that's the way it, it wants to do it this way? Parents have to come together and demand participation in the management of the free senior high school program. If your child is in senior high school and you know they are eating porridge without sugar and you know it's because of lack of funding and you have the capacity, you should be interested in coming together and then demand to participate in the management of the program by contributing. It is not just going to buy something and throw it at the school, no. It must be within the context of the governance of the program. Let government understand that. You can't do it alone. We are ready to help you. So develop a framework within which parents can contribute. So as I mentioned the last time, if school A is supposed to receive 100 bags of rice, but because of financial challenges, government was unable to supply 100 bags of rice to school A. 
students come together and supply 80 bags of rice to school A. There should be a system where when government has money and is, able, is, is willing to supply rice, government doesn't send 100 bags of rice to the school, but government sends 20 because the system would have captured the initial parental contribution. The parental contribution shouldn't be seen as an act of charity. It should be seen as their contribution, as participating in the management of the program. But when you read it, officials from the Ministry of Education will tell you we are not interested in what parents give to schools. All we are saying is that the is free. So you see, it's all about politics, but I'm sure it will take time. I am happy about the discourse about looking at possible short-term, medium-term, long-term reviews. The kind of review that will say um, maybe only public, school, uh, public junior high school students should enjoy free senior high school, those ones, those are long-term reviews. That won't happen today or tomorrow. The kind of issues that will say, okay, let this group of students pay for food and this student will not pay, it will not happen immediately. It will take time, maybe in the medium term, I'm talking about four years. But some of them are short-term, like offloading certain items that I've mentioned, uniforms, exercise books, notebooks, offloading them to parents so that parents can buy in. That, that one alone will lessen close to about 8 to 9% of the burden on government. And I'm telling you, if government is able to set off 180 million Ghana cities a year from the first year's school expenditure, it will help it. Because if government had 180 million, I'm sure we would have averted the food shortage issue. So there are various ways to look at the program. In the long term, we can also look at see how we can target work with the Ministry of Gender, expand the Ghana Household Registry to cover all regions so that we can know the poor households in Ghana. For now, we know only, I think, in six regions, including Greater Accra. If we can do for the other regions, we will have data on poor households. Then we can target. It is possible to target because through targeting, government is disbursing cash grants to 1.5 million Ghanaians every month under the LEAP program. So it is something we can do. But these are long-term things we can do to perfect the system. Very well. Now, the short-term things is that let's offload some of the expenses and then get parents who can pay to pay and support government to run the program effectively. Thank you so much, Kofi Asare, Executive Director of the Africa Education Watch. Thank you so much for speaking to us on Eyewitness News. Time for City Business News, and the Telenete is already sitting across me. However, on Point Blank tonight, we'll take reactions as they continue to pour in for almost 24 hours after the President sacked Adjusafu as Minister for Gender, Children, and Social Protection. It still remains an MP, though. We'll take reactions from various places, and including her constituency. Um, stay tuned. Be there as it happens. When you want to eat, just Momo it. Tired of the long queues in the supermarket? Pay with Momo. When you really want that beautiful new blouse, just Momo it. When you want to get a trim and get fresh to impress you know who, just Momo it. When you need to pay your utility bills and domestic staff, Shani Momo. When you want to send love to the family back home, send some Momo. Join the millions of MTN Momo users all over Ghana and live life the brighter way. So just Momo it. MTN. Do more your way on Ghana Pay. Send and receive money at zero transaction fees. Pay bills, buy airtime and data. Transfer money in and out of your bank accounts and so much more with Ghana Pay. Dial star 707 hash to register for Ghana Pay or download the Ghana Pay app from the Play Store or App Store. Alandio, Alandio.
Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Natalie Nete. Let's settle for the details. The new managing director of Republic Bank Ghana PLC, Benjamin Jubuku, has stated that government's decision to go to the International Monetary Fund to seek for economic assistance will go a long way to help increase the ability of banks to increase lending to priority sectors of the economy. Despite data showing that many sectors of the economy are recovering from the pandemic, businesses are still grappling with cash flow as they are unable to honor their loan obligations because of the challenging economic conditions. Also, most private sector loans taken from banks to undertake government projects have still not been paid. In an interview with City Business News, the managing director of Republic Bank, Benjamin Jugoku, said the move will boost the confidence of the banks and ensure they lend more to the private sector. We don't have any option than to go. That will actually instill some kind of discipline and then investors' confidence in the economy. Now the investors have lost confidence because we are not disciplined enough as a country. Currently, if you are a managing director and you have a lot of exposure in government securities, then you must be thinking of taking haircuts because if the government cannot pay, it means that you have to make provision for all that money you put in the government securities. But with IMS, like the oil, to give out money for people to do their business. But if the economy is struggling, interest rate about 30, 35, 40, how can you go and take loan and pay 40% and you think that you may profit? You can't make any profit. So uh, if they are able to sign up, there will be some level of confidence in the economy and the interest rate will start coming down and uh, will be good for all of us. Benjamin Jubuku also described the stay of the monetary policy rate at 19% by the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana as a reasonable step. According to him, the move will ensure some stability in the inflation rate. I think that's the best thing they, they have done since they've started discussion with IMF and then the government, um, they also got approval from Parliament for the several fifty. You need to wait and see reaction in the economy because when you increase the policy rate, it means that you want to increase the lending rate again and you also distort the economy. So it is the best decision that the governor and his team took just to see how people will react to this going to IMF and then the government get the approval from parliament. And if this will not help, then you have to call an emergency meeting and see the way forward. But I think it is the best decision that the governor and his team did. Fortunately, I think that we, we are into the harvesting season. So I, I think that the rate at which the inflation was moving will be stabilized now. A bit if it will move, it will, the, the rate of movement will be at least marginal because uh, we are in the harvesting season. That was the managing director of Republic Bank Ghana PLC, Benjamin Jubuku. Parliament has approved a $1.3 billion cocoa syndicated loan. The funds will be utilized for purchase of cocoa beans for the 2022-2023 crop season. 
The approval is an annual procedure from the House that makes funds available for the Ghana Cocoa Board to carry out its mandate in the cocoa value chain in the country. Here are some submissions from MPs during the debate. I will urge this House to insist that at the minimum, 50% of the LID must be set aside in order to win ourselves off this indication. If we have difficulty setting money aside without touching the money, then, Mr. Speaker, from year to year, whatever money is needed for pages, the living income differential inflow should be deducted, at least a percentage should be deducted from the quantum, so that over a period of five years, we will no longer need a syndicated loan to buy cocoa. Any member in this chamber rise on his feet and challenge me on my submission that fertilizer prices have not shot up. Can anybody challenge me when I submit that the cost of agrochemicals have shot up on the world market? And if this is happening, are we saying that cocoa board is immune? Cocoa board is not affected, and for cocoa board it is experiencing a special dispensation. No. So we should put the argument in context, but not to condemn. So Mr. Speaker, may the House carry this report to enable cocoa board to proceed with that which is mandated to do for the Ghanaian farmer. You first heard the voice of the Deputy Majority Leader Alexander Fenyomarkin, followed by the Minority Chief Whip Mohamed Muntaka. The president of the Concerned Farmers Association of Ghana is demanding the dismissal of the management of the Ghana Cocoa Board over incompetence. According to him, the sharp decline in the country's cocoa production over the years, coupled with the destruction of cocoa farms by illegal miners without the board's intervention, is evidence of the board's failure. In September 2021, Ghana harvested about one over 1 million tons of cocoa beans. However, preliminary data shows that by the same time this year, production has reduced by 685,000 tons. In a city business interview, President of the Concerned Farmers Association of Ghana, Nana Obwadia Bwating Bunsu, says Cocoa Board has failed to improve the fortunes of Ghana's cocoa industry. Cocoa, it is the backbone of our economy. And if our cocoa is declining, where are we heading towards to? Very soon, there will be no one single cocoa tree in this country. All the cocoa trees that you've seen, all of them have been marked. They will cut all of them. It is very serious. Everything that Cocoa Board or whatever will tell you about Ghana cocoa is fake. It's lies. They are not on the ground. They don't know what is happening. It will go down and down. All because we are not serious like the way the Cote d'Ivoire whatever they are. They are not working. We need to sack them. We need to sack all of them. We need to sack those that are authority for the lands, lands and mineral resources and the ones in cocoa sector. We need to sack all of them and get people that they have, they, they, they know what is happening. Cocoa pot, they are not helping Ghana cocoa production. All that they know is they'll go in for the settlements and then they'll just go and plant it. There's nothing like monitoring team. Ask cocoa pot. Where is, where is our monitoring team? How many siblings so far have they planted and where, are, where is our cocoa? There's no future for Ghana cocoa. Nana Obwadia Boating Boons was the president of the Concerned Farmers Association of Ghana. And that's all for City Business News and Eyewitness News. It was powered by your most comprehensive business website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nettie Nete. Up next is Point Blank. City 97.3 Accra Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
Welcome to the Point Blank segment of Eyewitness News. Tonight we are in the Dome Kwabenya constituency. As you may well be aware by now, the president revoked the appointment of the Honorable Sarah Ajwasafu as Minister in Charge of Gender, Children and Social Protection. While she still battles her way to remaining in Parliament, at least the Speaker is here to pronounce on that. So today, my colleague, Hansen Adjiman, visited the Domi Kwabenya constituency and is back in the studio to help us appreciate some of the things he saw. And we understand the president who was in that constituency today. Coincidental? What was he there for? Hansen Adjiman is my guest tonight. Hello, Hansen. Good evening. Welcome to Point Black. Good evening. Yeah, so you were in the Dome Kwabenya constituency. Where exactly were you and what were you doing there? So I went to the Dome Kwabenya constituency to particularly engage uh, residents or constituents and uh, party executives of the NPP mm. as well as of the NDC. One of the decision by the president, two on the lingering issue in Parliament and on the pol- for the political parties on their preparations for a possible by-election. Okay. So I was within the Dome Kwabenya area, went through um, other parts of, of, of Kwabenya like Hacho uh, to have an idea of really how constituents are feeling about this decision and what is happening with the member of parliament. So what, what did you see or what did you hear? What, what were the sentiments generally? Are they happy that the president has revoked the appointment or they are not? What, what's the feeling on the ground? So there, there's a mix, there's a misreaction to, mm. to, 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 to the decision, but there's a general concern of her absence. Mm. But not notwithstanding, there are those who think that uh, the president should still give her the opportunity and should appoint her, um, for uh, to still be in that role as the gender minister, but there are those who think that once she's not been available to serve as a gender minister and also as a member of parliament, it's right that the president has uh, taken that decision, and they are hoping that parliament will follow suit in that direction. But were they were they concerned about? the cause of her absence because we, we are not quite sure why she was absent and, and why she's not been around to represent her people are they concerned about the, the, the reason why she wasn't in parliament or she's not been around except the party itself in the constituency that has told us specifically that they are not aware of where she is and why she's not around mm. the constituents themselves seem to have a fair idea of what is TikTok. happening uh, Maybe, mm. uh, but most of them uh, uh, point to interviews that she's had and also um, according to inquiries they've made. And they all point to the, 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 the explanation she gave uh, when she recently did an interview mm-hmm. that she has had to leave because she has had to attend to her son. Mm. So uh, for that reason, they have that reason. Okay. But uh, as to whether or not they are satisfied with that reason, it's another thing. So that really on the side of the constituents, 
they they have that understanding and reason why she's away. So they they are empathetic towards her. Yes. Or so or it's some a, it's of a mixed it's one. a mixed one. Okay. Some of them actually are empathetic towards her and think that um, she's going through certain things and she rather and needs the support she's well, hugely popular on the ground yes. i don't know about that popularity now what, what did you say so she's she's popular there's a concern and one of her most uh support base is at the domestic market mm. and when i interacted with the market women they were concerned of her absence but they indicated that the love that they have for her still remains mm. and that they are hoping that nothing will change and that she'll continue to be their MP and she'll be their uh, gender minister. Okay, so, so let's listen to some voices then. President into
all right, so you had some uh, constituents or some residents in the uh, Domi Kwabenya constituency where Ajasafu remains the member of parliament, even though she's been absent from the house since uh, sometime in January. And, uh, you know, her, uh, continuous, uh, um, her continuous membership of the house is not a matter that the speaker says is going to uh, deliver a reasoned opinion or ruling on and so we await that until then she's still a member of parliament so Hansen, it appears the views really are, are, are pretty much mixed some love her, some don't even care and something that uh, she's done what she could do or she's done enough she, she could she should move on etc yeah precisely so uh, the first man we spoke to he actually is caretaker of the npp office in dom Kwabinya, and his point basically is that he's done a lot for the constituency and that she lobbied for the uh, Kwabinya Senior High School mm. and if she's not done anything at all uh, that is to her merit and then the market women uh, one of them says she's popular she's done uh, she's been a member of parliament uh, she's been a leader of the house so if she, her mantle has been taken away from her at the ministry it's okay she's done a lot in politics and then we had the, another woman say she had been visiting them, uh, but recently that visitation has not been happening. And that um, she, under normal circumstances, uh, do not have any problem with Ajoasafo because uh, she's somebody that she loves very well. Uh, however, she's concerned about the fact that she continues to be absent, uh, absent from from Parliament and also not visiting them in the constituency. Mm. I, I, I see. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM, point blank um, segment. We were trying to hit the line and, and, and speak to uh, some people in that constituency. But but we heard the President was in the constituency today. What was he there to do? So the President was there to uh, cut sword for the rehabilitation of the Dom Kitasi road um, mm. it's a 23 kilometer stretch um it's expected to serve as an alternative route 
for uh, motorists from Accra uh, to the eastern region. So mm-hmm. that was what he was trying to do. So do you know whether he met, he met the constituents after cutting the sword or he just drove off after that? From our monitoring uh, within the uh, constituency, uh, he was not there. And also, according to the itinerary of the president, as we are aware, he was supposed to cut the sword. And also, he later joined the NPP at the Kanda Mosque for okay. the Islamic okay, Thanksgiving. Sure, sure, sure. All right, so let, let's see the full line and talk to Robert. Thanks so much, Hansen. Let's speak to Robert Osei Bones, who is NPP constituency chairman for the Domi Kwabenya constituency. Hello, good evening, sir. Uh, welcome Hello, to evening. Point Blank. Um, did yesterday's decision by the president to revoke the appointment of your MP as uh, minister surprise you? No, it doesn't at all. Why? Because you, 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 you anticipated that because of her conduct, that decision was inevitable? Well, my, my, my MP is a lawyer. And she's been in parliament for, I think that, that's her third term. So she, she knows, she knows the procedure, she knows the laws that govern, uh, attendance in parliament. So, uh, if she has, she absented herself for 15 times, and didn't present herself at the privileges committee. So it doesn't surprise me at all. But this is different. This is the president, executive. I mean, uh, um, um, sucking her from her role as minister. That's quite different from what's happening in parliament. The two are not the same, even though it's the same person. Well, he appointed, uh, well, the president appointed uh, to, to the ministry. And she's not serving that, the purpose. Well, it, it is the prerogative of the president whether to maintain here or not. And once he's not serving the purpose for, her, for him taking him to the gender ministry, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that the president has disappointed her. But uh, as chairman of the constituency, have you had to explain to people why you think the president took that decision? Of course, the president does not owe anybody an explanation. But have you had to explain to your constituents uh, why the president had to take that decision? Well, my, 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 my constituents are aware of the absence of our member of parliament. We, 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 we endorse her to, to represent us in parliament. She's not serving that purpose. She's not serving the purpose that the president appointed her, uh, at the gender ministry. So why should this surprise us? I, they really don't need any, any, uh, need any explanation. We are aware of what is going on. So At if you... Least, Yes. She afforded us the respect, and especially me as the chairman of the constituency. Look, chairman, I'm, I'm not fit to be around. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be in, in the stage for this, this number of time. From time to time, you call chairman, what is going on in the constituency? If she really cares. But th- that's not the case. So it doesn't surprise any of us. How long have you been I, chairman? I, I've been a chairman for 12 good years. Oh, so, so, so you, you've been the chairman, you know, uh, in a better, in a greater part of her, her reign as MP. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I was chairman when the party was in opposition. And I see. And, 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 and you've not, you've not even bothered to, to, to find out from her or connect with her to find out from her what the problem uh, is. Sarah, and myself have a very, very, very good working relationship. In the past, it hasn't been so. So I'm surprised that this time around, you send a message and she just I'll revert, I'll revert, and revert, and she doesn't, she never revert. So for some reason, she, I mean, the, the reason is best known to herself why she she's absenting herself from the constituency, parliament, 
and from her ministry. So if you met her today, what, what would be your message to her? What would you tell her if, you, if she came to your office to, today? What would you tell her? Well, we are disappointed in her behavior. We are disappointed because we have all the, the trust in her and, uh, and give her the nod to represent us. And for one reason or the other, she, she decided not to. I see. Thank you very much, um, the uh, Robert Osebos, the MPP constituency chairman for Dominic Kabinja, speaking to us on um, the uh, MP, the under fire, um, Ajoa Safu. She's been sacked from her position as gender minister, and she's about to lose her place as member of parliament also. Uh, this is how we conclude today's edition of Eyewitness News. We've been live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Lupin Adabraka in Accra show has been produced by Anas Sedu, Zoe Abubedu and Bevelin London with technical assistance from Desmond Yaku. Earlier you had uh, Elenda Pa and Natalie Nete. My name is Salom Adunu. Have a good evening. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959 and get interactive on Facebook, City97.3 FM and on Twitter at City973.